What can having your home flooded by a hurricane teach you about your faith? Stick around, and we'll talk about that and a whole lot more with our special guest on this episode of Here at Home. Welcome to the Here at Home podcast, a podcast about the people here at McGregor, their stories, their ministry, and their love for Jesus. My name is Mark Bricker, and I'm your host for the Here at Home podcast. And joining me on today's podcast are Kevin and Angela Gillette. So glad to have you guys. Yeah. And I know that both of you are new members here at McGregor. How long? Like a year and a half? I've been attending for just over a year, but okay. actual members for only two or three months. Okay. So very recent. Yes, very recent. She had a couple of back surgeries, which delayed Laura attending the new members class. Oh, okay. So we had to put that on. Well, glad to have you now as official members. Yeah. But because being new members, I'm sure there's a lot of folks that might be listening that don't know Kevin and Angela. Sure. Like, who are they? I don't recognize that name. So let's let's give them an opportunity to get to know you just a little bit uh, before we get started with uh, what we're going to talk about. So Angela, I'll start with you. Where were you born and raised? Uh, I was born in Mississippi and was there until sophomore year of high school when we moved to Ohio. Okay. So from the South to the North. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I just found out that you were from Mississippi. Where in Mississippi did you live? Mostly in Clinton, a small town out of side of Jackson, but I was born in Clarksdale. Okay. Yeah. So we lived outside of Jackson as well. So have a look. What years were you there in Clinton? Pulling. 77 to Okay, so that would have been before 87. We yeah. Mississippi College, that's where that's Mississippi College is located there in Clinton. It is. Yeah. Oh, all right. So, deep south uh, up to the the north. Uh Kevin, where were you born and raised? In East Central Ohio, little town called West Lafayette. I've been okay. 45 years there. 45 years. Yeah. So that was literally you lived in that one town for forty five. Oh no! Okay, no. Once I went to college, I did not go back. Okay, to the small town. Yeah, you were out of there. Yes. Where did y'all meet? At the Ohio State University. Oh, the Ohio State University. Yes, they copyrighted that. I know. Yes. All right. Was it love at first sight for you guys? Um, no. <laughs> this was for me. We met at a, at a euchre game. A euchre game. My euchre. Awesome. <laughs> we lived in the stadium. Yeah, we actually lived in the football stadium. You lit what? It was, that's a, that's an honors dorm. Really? Yeah, it was not a, anymore. Yeah, but back then you could actually live. Yep, gate, they had dorm fifteen. Technically, where our dorm was. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it was, so, like game day, you just walked out your door, and when they did the wave, it sounded like the world was going to end because it was made of concrete. So the whole place just shook and rolled. Yeah. But nobody lives there. They don't have the. They ripped them out for luxury box. Yeah, of course. Hawaii again. <laughs> That's crazy, though. Yeah, it was a cool place to live. I guess so. Yeah. That really is neat. Neat little, uh, neat little heritage there. Uh, so, how long have y'all lived here in Fort Myers? A couple years. A couple years. What brought you to the area? So, our sons moved down first, boy, eight, nine years ago. 2013. 2013. Just out of the blue. He's like, I want to move to Fort Myers. We're like, <laughs> okay. He wanted to go to school at uh, a beach. Okay. Yes. So. And then his little brother followed soon after. Well, I, I'm going to move to the beach. We're like, uh, okay. Okay. And then he got married. The younger one did. 
and they told us they were going to have a first grandkid. We're like, well, we're going to move to the beach. So we came down here for little Luna, mm. and she was born in February. Of last year. Of last year, yeah. So they each came to go to school, but ended up, did both of them end up staying here? No. Okay. The older one's in LA. No. Okay. But the younger one is here. Stayed we here. We ended up, we had a house on the island. We sold that and bought a house off the island where we live below our son, Justin and Emily and little Luna. Okay. So we live below them. Wow. So you're on the first level? In the flood zone. In the flood zone, yeah. which we'll get to in just a, right. just a second. Yeah. Uh, well, tell us a little bit about how you came to know Christ. Did you uh, grow up in a Christian home or? I did not grow up in a Christian home. A bus ministry stopped by the house one day and invited um, the kids and I to go. And I went there, I don't know, probably a year or so, but eventually I accepted Christ in one of the services there and um, attended there for a while. I did uh, ask to be baptized and stuff, but my mother said no. And then once we moved to Ohio, um, I didn't really have the option to go to church for a while. But in college, I, I met Kevin when I was a freshman, and he kind of walked me about through the things that I needed to do to grow in Christ, like read your Bible and pray and grow, go to church and stuff like that. So I really began my faith walk then. Mm, that's neat. Well, it's also neat that somebody was willing to go around and pick up kids and bring them to church, and that was your introduction to first hear the gospel and turn toward Christ. That's awesome. What about you, Kevin? I was raised in a Christian home. My grandfather was a minister, so I was raised by a PK. Pastor Russell called me a church nerd. I've held many different positions, ministry, Awana, and stuff like that. Yeah. And sound guy, tech guy, stuff like that. Been very involved. Yeah. Yeah. Hands-on person. How old were you when you first came to know Christ? I was 13. 13. Uh, I was... I made a profession earlier, but then I was, you know, gang baptized, as it were, with a bunch of my friends. And we switched churches and I realized that what happened the first time wasn't, wasn't real. I got, I got wet. So I didn't get baptized until I was in my 20s, where we were going through a discipleship lesson and we got to baptism. And I, I told him that story. Oh, I was saved at seven, but it's really saved at 13. He's like, but you said you were baptized at seven? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no, he's like, yeah. (laughs) I I got baptized when I was like 23 or something like that. I got baptized for you. So after y'all met there and your freshman year, was it your freshman year also or result? Her freshman. Her freshman year, okay. How long after you, till you got married? Four years. Four years, okay. Graduation. 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 Waited till graduation. Graduation day. Oh, you got married on graduate, you graduated and got married on the same day? I graduated. Yeah. So I was like basically the first person in my family to go to college and everybody's still back in Mississippi. And so we were going to have a wedding later and it's like, well, they can't travel that far. They're all here for graduation. Put it all together. (laughs) That's quite a day. Yeah. That's quite a day. Okay. That's another thing I've not heard before. Graduation and a wedding on the same day. So living in the stadium. (laughs) Got a lot of firsts for me here. This is awesome. All right. Well, uh, thanks for taking time just to kind of share a little bit about who you are. But I really did want to talk a a little bit about what you guys have been through uh, with Hurricane Ian. And depending on when someone's listening to this podcast, it, you know, it could be several months removed from the event. But still, if you are a person that was here for it, just like we still remember 
Irma five years ago. For some of us, I remember Charlie in 2004 very, very well. And that's now coming, getting closer to 20 years. So when you go through something, you you remember it. So I, I don't think the time, whenever anybody listens to this, they're still, it's still going to be fresh in their minds, what they experienced and can maybe in some ways relate to what you have experienced. For some, it's going to be a lot more what you've experienced. Others are going to go, oh yeah, that sounds like my experience. We had here at the church, and I might've shared this with you, Kevin, I don't know if I did, but at least 55 or more families that were displaced from their homes. December's gone up. Yeah, and uh, it just, yeah, and just recently we continue to find almost every week somebody else that for whatever reason we did not know about. Mm. Uh, and so that just continues to grow. Um, and so there are some that might be listening to this that can very easily relate to what you've gone through. But sure. let's back up uh, the days leading up to Ian. Um, we all hear the reports, you know, and, and it's gonna hit Tampa. yeah, exactly. <laughs> when we all play the game and I always, I will, I'll say with my wife, you know, if it's a week out and we're right in the middle of the cone, we should be safe. Cause there's no way it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to come be that bad. Yeah. going to come back. They don't, they never get it right. Uh, but what were, what was going through your mind the day or two before, before Ian got here? I think Irma really skewed us, right? Cause they said, oh, there's going to be a 20 foot storm surge and no one will survive on the island and the kids were living on the island at the time and i'm like you guys got to get out of there oh we'll be fine so when this one came around we're like okay we're, we're gonna get some wind we're gonna get some rain we were at lowe's i think the day before yeah they had canceled school so i was very grateful she's a teacher okay <laughs> and we bought some like tubes to put on the gutters oh we need to make sure all this rain doesn't get up against the house and like that was our that was our storm prep that that's, our storm prep. that's what we bought <laughs> bought one of those expandable <laughs> tubes to go on our gutter yeah so like probably a lot of people thinking you're exactly right because the way when irma came through and they did yeah. talk about storm surge but it changed past and so we experienced very little of any of that so yeah uh so not not too worried leading up to it no that's fine. All right. Well, let's talk about the day of now. Uh, what was what was going on that day? The day of, like I said, we live under our sun and there's garages on both sides and we live kind of in the middle. Well, I don't, I work at home and I'm an IT guy. So we decided to convert the garage into my office. So we've been doing that for Remodeling. two or three weeks. We had just finished it. We, we finished the drywall. We were actually moving our furniture, my desk, into that room the night before we broke a great big plate glass thing, we're cleaning it up. They're like, oh, the storm's coming tomorrow. So the next day comes and we're just like cleaning. She's all over the apartment, cleaning stuff up. We're, you know, we should, we should pack a bag. We put a few clothes in a bag just in case we have to go somewhere. Yeah, that, that's a good idea. Yeah, he did it, I didn't. Anything else? Um, no, we're just being normal. I'd clean the house. Thought, well, we might get a little bit of water in here because sometimes water fills up the backyard. Um, and so we tried to put everything up high, you know, like on the table and, you know, so there wasn't anything on the floor. We picked up rugs and stuff like that. And then I just went um, and laid on the bed. I was reading a book. Well, let's remind our listeners or let them know where y'all live approximately. You don't have to give out your address. So it's it's Iona, if you know where the, where, where the Santa Barbara Outlet Malls used to be, mm. which we live on the other side of the street. So about a mile from Bunch Beach. Okay. Yeah. So between Fort Myers and Sanibel, basically. Yeah. So we're pretty close to the water. Yeah. Very close. And I think we're at five feet elevation is our backyard. Okay. Give you a foreboding. Yeah. All right. So storm starts coming in that afternoon. I started taking pictures of the backyard, like she said. 
you know, there's always been water after a heavy, heavy rain, like a good foot in the backyard. I'm like, okay, honey, there's, there's some down palm fronds. It's getting windy. She's like, yeah. And she's still, you know, reading and cleaning. I'm like, okay, now the backyard is covered in water. And we had a French doors off the back and a screened in porch. I'm like, water's starting to come in the porch. At that point, we got separate texts from Emily and Justin, our son and daughter-in-law saying, you guys coming up here? Like, yeah, we're, yeah, we should come up pretty soon. So finally, Justin comes downstairs. There's a back stairs from his place down to ours and he knocks on the door. Well, the water's already up to the first window in the French doors. Oh my goodness. He's like, it's time to go. <laughs> so he opens the door and of course the water oh, rushes in. Oh no. And she's like, I can't find my laptop. So we're like, I don't care about your laptop. I need to find my laptop. It so was work's laptop. It was work laptop. Oh, very work. <laughs> so we looked for a couple minutes. We couldn't find it. Oh no. So we opened the door again. The water's even higher. Um, I, we get her upstairs. Justin and I come back down just to try to get some things. And by this time, I think it's, it's thigh. Right. When I left, the water was at my shorts. So to get out the doors, the pressure on the door. the pressure on the door, and they open out. So it took my son and I both pushing on the door to get it to open. And by the time it's that high, now it's like now you're really fighting it because the water and it's you know it's rushing all the way to the other end of the apartment and hitting the wall. And it's like, it's like okay, we got to go. I mean, we saved a few clothes, my work laptop. Not sure. Because I'm a, I'm a workaholic, I guess. That's what that means. Well, he had packed his bag. I, I, That's right. He had packed the bag. I packed the bag. And she's the planner, which is really funny. And I went back one more time for like something silly like pillows, which, you know, that's a sense of, of you, right? I mean, so when we were like refugees, we had our pillows and that was, at least that was something. Yeah. So how high did it get? It got just over four feet in our apartment. In your- so anything you put on a table and it got above the kitchen countertops, it was gone. And it, all the furniture tipped over. Yeah, it capsized loading. everything. Yeah. So anything we, like we had like a, a bookcase or something, we put something up on top of it. It didn't matter. The, the drawers were buoyant enough that when the water got to four feet, everything just flipped. flipped. So, it, yeah. Mm. And all that brand new uh, drywall he just put in your... Well, we had just remodeled office. the kitchen too. Oh, really? All, on, oh. on the cabinets and countertops and yeah. stuff like that. It's just stuff. That, and that's, that's a term we kept telling all of our friends. Like, oh, we're so sorry. I'm like, it's just, it's just stuff. I guess an, a real nice blessing for you is that you did have a second floor to, to walk up to because Correct. I'm sure some of your neighbors or other mm-hmm. people did not have that luxury. To, oh, we didn't even think about that. But, but our neighbors mostly evacuated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like we had four vehicles out front and most of them were, totally underwater. So if the water would have gotten any higher, we would have had no way of escaping. Nowhere to, nowhere to go. No. Yeah. So all four vehicles, I think with there's only one sedan, it was totally underwater. Mm-hmm. Two trucks, they were, they were gone. Mm-hmm. Mother-in-law's vehicle was gone. Interesting your statement, most of the neighbors evacuated. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't watch the news. We don't, neither yeah, one of us really watch the news. And so we yeah. really, Thought it was going to Tampa. We really didn't expect anything. Oh, it took to a turn. Oh, it's parking on us. Yeah. It's high tide. Last, last we heard, yeah. Um, so your your son and daughter in law. So you're up there with them and the toddler. Yeah, and the toddler, right? Waiting for the water to recede. Uh, when, well, even before that, uh, I guess we should back up a little bit. Okay. So I mean, now the storm's parked up on top of us, and it's what 150 miles an hour, and 
it's ripped off part of the roof and shingles and it's leaking in. So we're trying to get buckets to collect those. But all night long, she just occupied Luna. Like they just played together. Their, their power went out long ago. Yeah. They have a, a big dog as well. And we would move from the living room back into the bedroom when Justin thought. The storm would get really bad and things were, you know. We thought the, the roof, we thought the roof was gonna go. Mm. And then I don't know what we were gonna do. We were just praying, just please let the roof hold, please let the roof hold because they have a big little eye on the back and we were all watching the, out the window. It flexed, it flexed, and then it, it flew over our house and over the neighbor's house and landed in her backyard. So the entire roof is one structure just ripped off and flew away. Mm. But that's when I'm like, are we gonna survive tonight? I'm not, I'm not sure. Wow. Yeah. So it finally subsided and I mean, we all got a couple hours of sleep and the next day it was still a couple feet on the street. So I mean, we all waited out just to look at stuff and went downstairs and we're like, well, there's all of our stuff. And you know, it's the mud, even though the doors weren't open, it was just full of mud. mud. There's mud everywhere, mud, 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 mud. And it was, they call it muck because it stinks. It's not really mud. It's like mm -hmm. silk from the, yeah, it's nasty stuff. So you began the process then of assessing, you know, what the damage on the, on your space, your, your son's space, everything. Yeah. And, uh, it, 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 I guess it wasn't a real positive assessment. It wasn't. Yeah. But I think we were glad to be alive and yeah. Yeah. Um, they walked around the neighborhood and saw one or two other people. Um, and they heard from friends who were coming to rescue people. I mean, we had no way out. Um, if you walked out to the road and the water's still up over your knees, cars couldn't go down that road. All right. So. And so what, what were some of the, the first things that, okay, where you're, there's no power, there's no water. water. I mean, you've got nothing, you no access. Right. Uh, I'm guessing cell service, not. It actually stayed up during the storm when we were watching the eye part okay. above it. So you were able to have, have yes. a little that. Unfortunately, we could see the rain. So, so what are, you know, the day after, you know, now it's, uh, the next morning, next day, what were some of the things that are going through your mind? What do we need to do? How do we need to, to you know, to, to make sure we're able to continue to survive? Um, well, we tried to see what we could get from downstairs, but really it was nothing. And then um, some people from that we knew from the beach had stopped by for a while to, um, they had one of the giant trucks with big wheels and were able, and they were going to help rescue other people and then we knew of, of a family that was coming back to rescue people who had evacuated at the beach. And um, so we really kind of spent the day, you know, keeping the toddler entertained, making sure that everybody was okay and um, just waiting for them to come into town to see if they could help us evacuate because they had, were being a truck and other vehicles to come and get people who had stayed on the island. Are you thinking you're going to stay? Initially, we thought we were, which I don't understand that by what we thought we were going to do without <laughs> yeah. water or power yeah so at what point did you realize you needed to find a place to to live i think that's when they it, convinced us yeah to, i mean they argued with us for like an hour and it's like no you're we're staying we're going we're staying yeah yeah at least in randy they, they had they brought three vehicles and it was it was late mm -hmm. it was seven or eight at it was, night it was dark it was i think it was like nine o'clock and they parked around the corner because some of the vehicles couldn't make the water so he ferried us over and he's like you guys need to get out of here and we're like okay so then they we care i mean that's a scary drive it's two and a half hours 
there's no power anywhere. Mm-hmm. There's no traffic lights. All the lights are blown down. There's no, mm-hmm. there's yeah. no stop signs. Who knows if there was a stop sign where you're, are you supposed to stop? People are flying through intersections without stopping. And it's dark. You can't mm-hmm. tell how deep the water is that you're going to drive into. Right. Yeah. So they drove us to Sebring, which happens to be where my parents are snowbird. They weren't there at the time, but our aunt also lived there. And we ended up staying with um, somebody in the medical industry. We should say that Emily was eight months pregnant at this time. Sorry, <laughs> did not mention that. Yes, that's your daughter-in-law. Yeah. Yes. So now we're we're staying in a place with two with two doctors, basically. So she's in better hands than she would have been at a house without power. So you're you're able to get out and be somewhere where you're where you're safe. You're able to to kind of recuperate a little bit, but you're still for anybody that's away from their property. Back. There's just that desire to want to get back. How long were you, did you stay in Sebring? Um, we- Three or four dates? No, because we went back on Friday, I think, because the insurance people were coming on Saturday. Oh, yeah. We, get, we jumped on that train really quick. Yeah. And since the cell service never went away, we're like, hey, we need to file a claim and we need to come out. And so we had all the adjusters out there within a week, which is a lot earlier. So you wanted to get back. Now, when you got back, obviously the water's down a little bit better. At the yeah. Time, right? My aunt who lived there gave us a car to use. Oh, wonderful. And that was, it was a little tiny car. So it got great gas mileage for the two and a half hour drive back and forth, which we made several times over that week. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And we would just go and try to get clothes, try to get what we could and take them back to Sebring and wash them, wash them in the bathtub to get all the muck off and then put them in the washing machine. And then just, uh, mm, it was just like yeah. lots of driving, lots of working. So when we came back, that's when, and it was mentioned on Sunday that the life groups, even without the church having communication, like, you know, jumped into action. Yeah. What did your life, well, whose life group were y'all in? Dave Kreller. Dave Kreller. What, what did your life group do for you? Guys? So him and Ed and Jenny, the first, when they were came back, they just, I mean, the wife and I, she started mucking out our apartment right away. Like we weren't going to wait. We weren't going to wait for the insurance. But when they came, they started helping us trash out. So that simply means everything went to the curb. And when I say everything, I mean everything. Because the insurance adjuster had called us and said, hey, it's good news. Everything's covered. I'm like, oh, praise God. It's such great news. So Mr. Kreller had reached out to all of the people in the life group to see if they were okay. And when he found out our situation, people volunteered to come and help. Mm, that's awesome. So why, while he was there it, with the Hortons, said, boy, we know somebody that has an apartment to use. And he's like, Kevin, you should, I'm like, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna feel really uncomfortable. Um, and it was, it was Gabrielle, the, the their daughter, lady who just got, married to the pastor's son. Yeah. So it was the, the Dempsey's, it was their apartment. So she handed us the keys, Gabrielle did, and she was giddy that day and it was long before her wedding, but I got to meet her then. And it was a great apartment. It was probably five minutes from our place. Wow. So, I mean, we're not showering or- Cause we're spending six hours in a car every day, driving yeah. back and forth. Back and forth. So that was, that was a huge blessing after the the car from our aunt was now we have a place to stay. So the class has, has been there helping you clean up. And then all of a sudden somebody <laughs> mentions, Dave mentions, Hey, there might be something yeah, available. Right. It opens up. Right. And For like seven or eight weeks we stayed there. Oh, wow. And it's five minutes from your house. Yeah. Right. What a blessing that it was. was. It's amazing. Yeah. Yes. That really is cool. Well, that's been kind of the whole thing. We've just seen God's provision throughout this whole process. Yeah. The way that he's taking care of us. I mean, there was no rental cars in our aunt's like, here, take our car. 
There's no housing anywhere. We tried hotels and we're told there's nothing within 100 no. miles. There was nothing. And then the phone rings. And there's so an you're apartment. like, we got to <laughs> take care of you. And then the day that they needed it back, because obviously they had it coming down for a wedding. Yeah. And we weren't going to, that the school was going to pay for an Airbnb for us until the end of the year. Community organizations. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So now we have a place to live till December while we attempt to rebuild by December. Yeah. How is that process of uh, rebuilding? Because I know it's that's been hard for a lot of people, just supplies and people to do work. So Justin had done some work for uh, the owner of a roofing company. So That's your son. Yes. Yeah. And they moved us up in the list. And I, I want to say we're one of the first people on the street to get a new roof. We definitely are. Because uh, how do you rebuild a house if your roof still leaks? Leak. And it leaked a lot. Mm. I mean, the blue tarp people came out, it still leaked. Mm. So he, he had damage in three rooms just from the rain after the storm and him and i ripped all the drywall out of all three of those rooms and there's mold everywhere there's no power it's florida it's humid little luna's room their bathroom the laundry room we gutted it yeah. and the same thing with our apartment like we were gonna wait when you gutted everything when dave and ed were there i'm like well i got a four foot level that i found outside and a knife let's start cutting some drywall out so <laughs> we cut all the drywall out so we're, we were gonna wait Right, and we really couldn't wait on the roof because water was still pouring in. Like we have videos where it's just running down the walls, even though the roof's got tarps on it. Mm. And so, I mean, you couldn't fix anything until the roof's taken care Absolutely. of, right? It was a whole domino effect. Yeah. So mm. We're very thankful that God, again, provided someone that could come in right away and put a roof on. Yeah. So. I think the theme is, I mean, I think I posted it once on social media, is God is faithful when we're not. Mm. And that's, it's just stuff yeah. and we can replace stuff. Yeah. It's still hard. Yeah. What are some things that uh, the Lord has taught you, Kevin, through, through going through this process? Are we really, are we really in charge? I mean, we think we are, we have this hold on life. We don't. Yeah. No. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, I just think that you know, prior to this, we think, oh, yeah, we trust God to take care of things, but do we, but really we were kind of doing things ourselves, right? And then you get to a place where you can't do it. You just, you really have to trust God to take care of it. And he just kept taking care of it, you know, providing in ways that you really just don't expect. I mean, I remember one day where Ken was just really discouraged. You could just, his whole demeanor, everything. I think we'd heard that, you know, insurance was not going to cover anything. And we had thought that they were. And just um, just the constant being on the phone and then getting hung up on after being on a hold for an hour and trying to reach people. And then them saying they're going to come and not come. You know, he was just kind of discouraged from that. And I remember in the morning praying that God would just um, encourage him and show him his love. And then hmm. we go to check the mail and there's like um, a letter from the church there with um, a, a gift hmm. to kind of help us through the situation. And I think that just kind of lightened the load for him. Just such a blessing. Came at the right time. Right. And our, our life group from our previous church in North Carolina also got together and sent us like a big box of gift cards. And that mm -hmm. came Same day. A couple of days later. Oh. So it was great. That really is neat. Well, I mentioned at the very beginning about, you know, the connection between um, a literal flood, because sometimes people don't go through a literal flood, but they, they experience a, some type of flooding in their lives. Mm -hmm. 
but y'all experienced a literal flood that brought along a lot of the emotional flood, mm -hmm. but yet your faith is probably stronger. Would you, would you say? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I would also say that um, the flood increased or flooded us in other ways because the whole neighborhood, once the people got back to their houses, kind of was reached out and helped each other. One of the gentlemen um, from a different church, they provided food that the whole church for a whole month. And then a disaster assistance group came out and helped neighbors and everything. And so we got to know the neighbors and get to um, learn more about them through this situation. It was, I mean, really it's a blessing that you just don't expect to have happen in the situation. Mm -hmm. So. And who knows what those relationships can lead to in the future for right. those that maybe don't know the Lord. Right. Right. Absolutely. Well, thank you both for, for sharing. Is there any final thought that uh, you'd like to like to leave our listeners with that uh, coming out of this and maybe even what you're looking forward to in the future or something from the, the past with the, with the whole experience? I think if there's another hurricane, we're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to evacuate this yeah. time. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is tough, but truly, I think he just strengthened our faith and knowing that he's going to provide um, in ways that you just can't even imagine. Yeah. Well, uh, y'all have encouraged me uh, because for you to sit there and go, you know, this is just stuff. Uh, this, these are just things and everything can either be replaced or wasn't that important to begin with. Right. Uh, and it's easy to maybe say that, but to live that out is a whole nother thing. And y'all lived that out and your faith was played out in a very real way. And I think it's going to be stronger because of what you've gone through. And I think people listening can be encouraged by what you've gone through to maybe hope to think, okay, how dependent am I? I didn't, I didn't lose everything, right? but maybe I do need to let go of some of the way I'm holding on to things. Sure. Because I think we can all kind of hold on a little too tight. Yeah. We had a pastor friend from two churches ago, actually started a GoFundMe, Nate Harmon. So thanks to him, I mean, we have a little, little more funds to uh, replace, replace some of that. Yeah. 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 And I think, like what you're saying, I mean, as I listen to people at work talking about their situation and stuff like that, and they're all so discouraged and so overwhelmed, and then they can see um, a difference in the, the people within the, my, the place where I work that are believers, you know, that they're, they're handling the situation differently. And I think they see that. Yeah. That's another situation. The, the witness you, yeah. Yeah, that you have. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to wrap up this episode of Here at Home Again. Thank you both, Kevin and Angela, for being willing to share. I know it's not always easy to share something as personal as this, but I appreciate it very much. And thank you for being a part of our Here at Home podcast. And thank our listeners as well for also being a part of our Here at Home podcast community. And I'll always remind them if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, please do. Have you ever listened to any of our Here at Home podcasts? I have. All right. Wonderful. Are you a subscriber? <laughs> uh, put you on the spot there is this the first podcast you've ever been on as a galley all right wonderful i like having that for most folks it's their very first time well thank you lip for listening and we'll see you back here in a couple weeks back here at home <laughs>